Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Kingsway Podcast. You are about to hear a message from a recent Sunday service. We consider it a privilege to be on a spiritual journey with you. So take a few moments with us and allow God to inspire you today. Like they said on Smokey and the Bandit, we got a long way to go and we got a short time to get there. I'm so excited to be home. It's only been seven days since, well, probably longer than that since I stepped foot in Kingsway. But we took a week off. We went on vacation. And on a regular basis, when you're at church like two, three, four times a week and you take a week off, you feel like you just haven't been here in forever. And last Sunday morning was so weird when I woke up and I'm in the middle of nowhere. We went to the mountains for a little bit. And uh, it, just, it just didn't feel right. I had Kingsway in my heart. I was here. Um, for a few days, we went to the beach. Uh, we spent some time at Ocean City. I've got something to tell you about taking young children to Ocean City or the beach in general. You only have to do it one time. That's it. Because when you come home, half of the beach will come home with you. I have sand in the car. There is sand in the suitcase. There is sand in things that I didn't even pack and take to the beach. And I don't know how it got there. And the other day, Amber said, I don't understand. Owen has been so, he's been so fussy lately. I'm like, yeah, he's had sand in his pants for like the last two weeks. We left there. We went to the mountains. That's where we, that's where we did all the redneck things that I like to do. Oh, yeah. Shooting guns. Yeah, baby. Mm-hmm. Let's re-up that man car a little bit, huh? Got on some four-wheelers, rode some four-wheelers, did some fishing. Gosh, I love fishing. Caught some smallmouth bass, some trout. We had a wonderful time in the mountains. No cell phones, no internet, no TV, completely disconnected. It was, it was very refreshing. But I tell you what, I'm home now. I'm right where I need to be. And I'm so excited to uh, bring you this message this morning. We've been talking a little bit about the walking dead. And I'll tell you, I have a little bit of firsthand experience with the walking dead. You know, I actually live with a real-life zombie. Let me talk to you about my son a little bit. My son, he's one year old. He just started walking. And it's funny, before we even talked about any of this stuff in church, I used to, I nicknamed him when he first got on his feet. I said, he's like a miniature zombie. When he started walking, he doesn't bend his knees. He, he just, this is it right here. This is kind of what he does. I'm like, bend your knees, kid. He'll get there, I guess. But then he started doing something else. In order to keep his balance, he puts his arms out like this. He puts his arms out. I'm like, look at this kid. Like, if I run across him, like silhouette shadow in the middle of the night, I'm going to freak. I'm going to, I can see him coming. He crawls out of his bed. He's coming down the hallway at me. And I'm like, he makes noises. He makes noises when he walks. You want to know what kind, of, what kind of noises he makes? <laughs> Kid's freaking me out. You want to know what else he does? I'm, I'm trying to convince you right now. This kid is a little zombie. Everything he picks up, it don't matter if it's food, it don't matter if it's my cell phone or my iPad or completely, it, it could be a rock. He wants to eat everything. He's a little zombie. I'm telling you. I'm so excited to bring... We're going to be out of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 5 this morning. Uh, that's going to be a little familiar. Pastor Sean touched on it in week number one. Week number one, we talked about you got to eat to be alive. 
We're going to go back, to, we're going to revisit Hebrews chapter 5. I'm not going to redo Pastor Sean's sermon because he preached a masterpiece that week. I'm just going to expand upon it a little bit. But we're going to talk a lot today about how we grow. How are we growing as people physically? How are we growing in our personal spiritual walk with God? How are we growing as a church? Are we spiritually alive as a church? A lot of what you hear this morning is going to be a little bit of a recap. Uh, that's by design. We're going to revisit some things that we've gone over in the past uh, several weeks going through this series. But let's open up our brains a little bit. All right, how do we grow? Let's talk about it a little bit. Grow in our stature. Okay, a lot of that's out of our control. God didn't bless me with a lot of stature. But, hey, we grow in our height. Okay, great. All right, our mind's working right now. The hamster's getting on the wheel. Okay, all right. What about our mental capacity? Do we grow in our mental capacity? Sure we do. We grow in our mental capacity. We learn. We take in knowledge uh, as we grow. We study things. Let me, can I just explain this? I can't go forward because everybody's looking at that like, what? What is that? Is that pinky in the brain? Listen, <laughs> I'd, I, 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 in all of Google, and all of 15 billion trillion images on Google, I couldn't find one of a brain that I liked. But you know what popped up on Google when I searched for brain? Pinky and the brain. So I said, hey, we don't have time to sit here. We got to get going. We got to get this message done. Hey, pinky and the brain, okay? That's, I, <laughs> listen, I could preach a whole sermon on pinky and the brain. I, I really could. We got some pinkies in, in here and we got some brains. We grow in our skill sets. What does that mean? Uh, isn't that the same as mental capacity? Not necessarily. Our skill sets are the things, it's the muscle memory. It's the things that, you know, if, for instance, if, if I said to Mark, um, Mark's really good with working with wood. He's really good, man. He can build all kind of cool stuff out of wood. He could show me how to do it. He could walk me through how to use the equipment. And I could probably build something halfway decent. But my skills aren't honed to the point where I can just do this stuff out of muscle memory, okay? It's not my profession. I'm not that good at it. So we grow in our skill sets as well. Some of us, we're just not growing. This, if you're listening online, nobody finds this funny? Are you... I, this is hilarious. I was cracking up when I found this picture. If you're going to listen to it online, you're not going to be able to see this picture, okay? This is a picture, picture of a grown man who is sitting in a high chair. He's wearing an Elmo bib, and he's being spoon-fed by a woman. Our master bedroom, I was sitting on the bed you know, when I was working on this part of the message, and our, our bathroom is actually on another floor in the bedroom. It's kind of weird. And Amber was up above me, and she looks down, and she sees this picture on my computer, and she said, I, I quote her, I kid you not, she said, you are not working on the message right now. I said, yes, I am. This is good. Hey, let's, no, we're, not, not, we're not getting into the message right now. We're preaching. But this guy, what is this picture, what is this picture showing? It's showing a grown man who just doesn't look like he has a whole lot of ambition his concerns are maybe wake up in the morning, eat, take a nap, eat again, take a nap, eat again, and then go to bed for the night. 
He's not showing a whole lot of ambition. As a matter of fact, he doesn't even have the will to pick up the spoon and try and put it in his mouth himself. And half of the stuff that is going into his mouth, it's just falling right back out. That's why he needs a bib. That's why he needs a tray to catch his food. Um, He's just sloppy in the way that he receives it, let alone uh, the way that, that he uses the food. He's just simply trying to stay alive. I'm going to flip it around on you real quick. Let me ask you a question. Is this a picture of the church in America today? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 5. This is the Apostle Paul he's talking. He's talking to the church. The Apostle Paul has a real problem with this church that he's addressing in Hebrews chapter 5. Starting at verse 12, it says, You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things. The basic things about God's Word. What does this tell us? If you want to be alive this morning, you've got to know God. You've got to know Him. Some of you are looking at me like, man, that, that's, that's elementary. That's, that's fundamental. Why are we talking about that? Of course we need to know God. No, I'm sorry. There's more to this question than that. I'm not asking you, do you know of God? You can come to church every Sunday of your life. You can know of God pretty darn well. Do you know God? Do you know him on an intimate level? What does your week look like? You spend time with him? Chuck could come to me. He'd say, hey, listen, I want to tell you. Chuck would say, hey, Chad, listen up. I want to tell you all about this guy named Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy, he's a great guy. He's handsome as a, mm, I don't don't know what. He's generous. He'll do anything for you. Give you the shirt off his back. Great, I know of Jimmy. That's wonderful. If I've never met Jimmy before, I don't know him. That hasn't become real to me yet. I haven't had a personal experience with Jimmy. Let me tell you something, church. This right here is the greatest love story that's ever been written in the history of humanity. I've seen The Notebook. The Notebook was a phenomenal movie. Matter of fact, I'm man enough to stand here and tell you I may have shed a tear or two when I watched that movie. I'm man enough. Look, people are testifying. I'm man enough. Wonderful love story. Dear John's incredible love story. This is the greatest love story that's ever been written. When you open this book, you will fall in love with Jesus over and over and over again. I don't care how long you've been doing this. I don't care how long you've come to church. You don't know him enough. Because there are things in this book that you have never heard before. There are things in this book that God has not been revealed to you before. Church, let's come alive. Let's get to know him. Let's get in his word. Let's spend some time with him. It's not good enough. Sunday morning is not good enough to know of God. We have to know him and fall in love with him over and over again. Sitting on the beach last week. Every time I go to the beach, the same scripture comes to me. Take a wild guess as to what that is. 
God's thoughts, they outweigh the grains of sand on the earth. Next time you go to the beach, do this. I'm sitting there. I grabbed a pinch of sand and I did this just for the sake of giving myself some sort of idea what this meant. Took a pinch of sand and I held it up and I looked at it and I tried to take a stab at how many grains of sand were just between my fingers. Jeez, 400, 500 at least. And then I looked around, I looked at the sand on my left and the sand on my right as far as I could see. I knew that right below where I was sitting, feet and feet and feet of sand. Can't even put a number on it. It's, 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 just, it's just crazy to think about. Scripture taught me that. Scripture taught me that. Our God is big. Our God is big. And I'm telling you, we are touching the surface of who he is. We are touching the very surface of the depth of his love for us. Sunday morning will not give that to you. I'm here to tell you, church. I said to the worship team several weeks ago, I challenged the worship team. I said this. I said, from week to week, we have to progress from week to week. Next week, we should be 5% better than we were the week before that. And the following week, we should be 5% better than the week before that. We cannot plateau as a worship team. I'm not talking about music. This has nothing to do with music. We have to be 5% better in the way that we worship and the way that we lead our congregation in worship. And I told him this. I said, you wanna know how we do that? When we leave rehearsal, between rehearsal and between church on Sunday morning, we do what? We do what? We know God and we believe what we know. What does that mean? That means when we know him and we believe what we know, our worship for him becomes uncontainable. Our heart begins to overflow. It's a subconscious thing that happens. Your heart begins to overflow and it begins to pour out of your life and you don't even have to think about it. It's a subconscious thing that happens, church. When you know God and you really believe what you know, the atmosphere doesn't have to be right. Nobody has to tell you what to do. When the music comes on, you just worship. It just happens. It's an overflowing that comes up out of your heart and you don't even really have control over it. And my instruction to the team is that we have to get to that place. We've got to be 5% better next week than we were this week. Because what does scripture do? It transforms what? You're renewed by the transforming of your what? Of your mind. Albert Einstein said this. He says, the world as we have created it is a process of our thinking. It cannot be changed without changing our thinking. As you come alive in Christ, it starts right here. The renewing of your mind, changing the way that you think, changing the way that you see people changing the way that you see your fellow church members all around this church. Changing the way that you see worship. Changing the way that you see things out in the lobby. What's mundane begins to take a back seat. 
and what's majestic begins to become central. Because you are so hungry for God's spirit, you change the way you think, you come alive. Let's go back to Hebrews a little bit. Apostle Paul, he continues, he says that you are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food for someone who lives on milk is still an infant doesn't know how to do what is right. We talked about eating already. I'm not going to go back and, and beat a dead horse about our eating, but I'm going to ask you this. The church in Hebrews that Paul is addressing, they have another problem going on. They got a balance issue. They got a real balance issue. Milk's fine. I drink milk. I'm not going to stop drinking milk. But what's my diet look like? Am I balanced? I'll tell you what, you're drawing a picture, you're drawing a cartoon picture of yourself each and every day. What's the problem with this guy? He's a little unbalanced, don't you think? If he's 400 pounds, he's 380, 385 up top, the rest is down here. But look at him, look at him for a second, look at this guy, look. He's got a little smile on his face, right? Look at his eyes. He's kind of got like, his eyes are closed, but he's not squinting like he's stressed or he's in pain. They're just kind of softly closed. This guy is perfectly content with how ridiculous he looks. He's perfectly content. He don't want to move right now. He just wants to stand there and just enjoy the moment. Problem is he consumes and he hoards everything that he takes in. What's the second thing that the Apostle Paul is trying to say when he says that we're stuck on milk, we're not eating solid food? The other problem that the church has in the book of Hebrews is they have a real problem with burning calories. They have a real problem with burning calories. What does burning calories mean? Well, last week we talked about waste. Talk about how we have to get rid of waste. That's healthy. That's a healthy thing for you to do. But you know, there's good waste and there's bad waste. Talked a lot about bad waste last week. When you take in teaching and instruction, when you learn what's involved with being a better Christian, learn what's involved with being alive, what do you do? Do you hoard it up? Or do you burn some of that off? I'm here to tell you, church, God's calling us to burn some calories. And churches all across this country are plagued with a horrible, horrible disease. They're full of consumers that turn around and do nothing with it. Do nothing with it. Except look forward to the next Sunday and say, when's the next sermon? Who's preaching? Am I going or not? I'm going to preach to myself for a minute. Is that okay? Here's what we're going to do, all right? I'm going to put it in perspective. All this is for me as well. God's speaking to us. I'm not speaking to you. I'm 30 years old, all right? I'm sorry. I'm 30 years young, okay? There's 52 weeks in a year, all right? So let's say that 30 times 52, I've been alive for 1,560 weeks. Okay, all right. Church is every Sunday. We're going to be a little conservative with this, though, because, you know, 
we're just trying to get some kind of a ballpark idea. Let's say that 85% of church services in my life I have attended, and I have consumed uh, one sermon for all 85% of those weeks. We'll leave out conferences, we'll leave out trainings, we'll leave out camps. 1,326 sermons. Church, I am walking around with 1,326 sermons in my gut. I'm preaching to myself right now. What am I doing with it? Am I hoarding it? Or am I burning calories? Am I putting into practice the things that I'm receiving out of church? Things that people are teaching me? Am I pouring it into people? What does my prayer life look like? What does my evangelism look like? Boy, we don't use that word a lot, do we? Through what lens do I see the world? Am I the hands and feet of Jesus? Or am I just, am I just gonna keep all, I'm, I'm, man, I'll just keep it all hoarded up in here. I'll just, I'll just hold on to all this. I'm not gonna burn any calories. I'll just take it in. Church, I'm here to tell you, God has a plan and a will for, for your life, and it looks a whole lot better than this. It looks a whole lot better than this. Because we're not called to be consumers, are we? We're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We're called to be alive. This guy's breathing. He's standing. I don't know if he can even walk in his condition. Is he alive? So you have to ask yourself question number two. What are you growing into? You have a cartoon too. Did you know that? You have a cartoon. Okay? This is a real-life churchgoer somewhere, somewhere. Somewhere in America. All right? You have one every day. Every day you're drawing a, a, a cartoon picture of yourself. Let me ask you, what does it look like? What does it look like? Let's go back to Hebrews for a minute. We'll bring this thing home. Verse 14, solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. You want to be alive? Number three that Paul's teaching us in the book of Hebrews. We got to be skillful. We got to have ambition and intention to be skillful. What does that look like? First of all, we strive to be faithful in everything that we do. And we have a goal to be a leader, not the leader, a leader. You are called to be a leader of something. What is it? Paul and Marcia, they've taken that garden ministry. I don't even think they're here today, but they've taken leadership of it. They've got that thing by the horns. How about Miss Shirley and missions? I can't see anybody else doing, doing the mission stuff that she does around here. She's got that thing by the reins. I'm telling you, she's taking leadership over it. That's her thing. That's her thing. She's in control of it. What about you? You see, church, God puts passion inside of each and every one of us. God puts passion inside of us for things. That's not just your passion. That's something that God gave to you. 
There's stuff that you're passionate about. I'm passionate about music and worship. I love it. That mean you got to be a worship leader or a pastor to be a, to to be a, a church leader of something. I'm just giving examples. God has put passion inside of you. What are you going to be the leader of? You want to be skillful? Ask this question: What's next for me? What's next for me spiritually? You see, in my job. Every so often, I have to come up with goals and I have to write them out on what's called an evaluation, okay? And I have to put my signature on that evaluation. And then on a regular basis, let's say, I think it's 12 months or so, I gotta, I gotta go in front of my superiors and we're gonna go over that evaluation. They're gonna decide, decide whether or not I'm meeting my goals, okay? Am I progressing in my career? And what does that mean for the agency that I work for? Mm -hmm. Am I making them look good? Am I helping them out in any way, shape, or form? Why don't we do that in church? Why don't we set goals for ourselves? Six months, this is where I'm going to be. Two years from now, this is where I want to be with God. This is what I think God wants to do with me. He's, I've got these passions inside of me. I know what I'm passionate about. He's speaking to me. Let's set some goals. What, where does God want me in five years? And I'll tell you what, I was on Pastor Sean's deck the other night. I don't even know what time it was. We were having a heart-to-heart -heart conversation and he literally touched on this. He said, if you would have told me 15 years ago where I would have been today, we're talking about church, talking about ministry. He said, I, I mean, I, I probably would have laughed at you, called you a couple names and went on my way. You never know what God's going to do with you guys. You never know where God's going to take you, but you got to be open to it. He was open to it. Now look at him. He's a senior pastor of a church. Whoever thought we'd see that? I've known him for a long time. There, there's been times in his life where I can speak on his behalf. He was saying, get out of here, senior pastor of a church. You're losing it. Long-term, short-term goals. Let's be alive, church. Let's be a forward-thinking church. Yesterday's done. I cherish Kingsway 1.0 in my heart forever. God has done so much through me at this church. I've seen God move across the altars of this church and do some incredible things at Kingsway Christian Center. I'll cherish it in my heart forever. But the problem with the church in Hebrews is they weren't forward thinking. They were stuck. They were plateaued. And Paul's calling them out. He's saying, come on, let's go. Develop. Let's move. But they didn't have the ability to do it. What does it mean for Kingsway? Well, let's recap a little bit. I'm telling you right now, Kingsway 2.0 knows, believes, and acts on the Word of God. Church, if we want to stay, if we want to stay above water, everything that we do has to be centered around this right here. 
telling you, this is the knot that's holding this whole thing together right here. And the moment we stray from it, God help us, we are in trouble. Grounded in scripture. Everything that we do in this church, grounded in scripture. Is it scripturally sound? Every song that we sing, old songs and new songs. You wanna know when How Great Thou Art was written? 1885, almost 150 years ago that song was written. Why is it here today? Because it's scripturally sound. It's scripturally sound. And we're gonna continue to sing those songs. Amazing Grace, 1779. They go back even further, but they're sound and we're gonna continue to sing them because we've gotta remember, we gotta keep it in our spirit that that's gonna keep us afloat for, for as long as this church is standing here. Kingsway wants to burn some calories. We're not just gonna consume, we're gonna give. We're gonna give, we're gonna love people. We're gonna love each other, but we don't talk about that enough. We wanna love the world, we need to love each other. We need to break down barriers in this church. We need to break down division in this church, generational division. We need to break down, we'll save that. We'll save that, I got a whole nother message there. Kingsway wants to burn some calories. We wanna be the hands and feet of Christ, we're gonna act like it. Does Kingsway have vision? You better believe Kingsway has vision. We've got goals. We had a goal to put a roof on this church. A goal that we thought was a lot more long-term than it, than, than it happened to be. We had a goal to put a roof on this church. We were looking out, I mean, we were looking out years. Thank goodness we serve a big God. Thank goodness, thank goodness we serve a big God. But we're meeting these goals. We're meeting these goals that we're setting. And I'm telling you, we're looking forward. We can't wait when this thing's all wrapped up. We have so many things. We're looking 2019, 2020. Where is Kingsway gonna be? What is it gonna look like? Because we don't wanna plateau. We wanna be alive as a church. Amen. Does this make, is this okay? Three questions. Do you know God? No, not, not do you know of him. Do you know God? When's the last time you've spent time with him? When's the last time you've got in his word? I'm telling you, this book right here is full of what I like to call the awe and the wonder of God. What do you do when the fire starts to dwindle? What do you do when church just ain't as fresh as it once was before? You got to spark the awe and the wonder of God. And it's right here. Hey, I've, look, I've been a churchgoer for 40, 50, 60 years. You don't know enough. You don't know enough. Look, Joel Houston, I don't know if any of you know him. He's actually the lead singer um, and pastor of Hillsong United. I was actually at one of their one of their concerts one time, and he said something. It stuck with me. I don't even know how many years ago this was. It stuck with me ever since then. He said, I've been, I've been a pastor. I've been in church. I've been doing this my whole life. I don't know how old the guy is. He's probably 40, 45 years old. He said, I've been doing this for a long, long time. I've traveled the world. I've spoken conferences. You know, my father runs one of the largest, if not the largest church in the world. He said, I, 
I've been doing this for so long. He says, I am just touching the surface of who God is and what this life is all about. Don't be afraid to humble yourself, church. You don't know him enough. I don't know him enough. I need him. I need his presence week in and week out to spark wonder in all of who he is. Number two, are you burning calories? Are you just here to consume? When's the next service? What's the next sermon? Who's preaching it? Are you here to consume? Are you here to burn? Number three, what's tomorrow look like? What's on your agenda? What do your goals look like to make it to church the next time? Hey, listen, depending on where you are in your walk with the Lord, that's okay. This, this, isn't, this isn't intended to, to necessarily say that for some people, hey, look, making it out to church, you know, if, if you're in a baby step phase of, of, of your walk with the Lord, that's fine. That's fine. Nobody's coming down on anybody for having a goal. Hey, I need to make it to church. What are your long-term goals? What do you want to get out of this? Here's a better question. What do you want to do for the Lord out of this? What does God have in store for you? We at Kingsway hope you enjoyed this message. It was not by chance you listened to it. God is speaking to you. Visit kingswaycc.org to find the podcast from Pastor Sean. We pray today that this somehow inspired you to draw closer to God and to connect with His people, His purpose, and His power. God bless you.